This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers, Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to sink the slipper. Aussies, pull them up and pack on down for another blast of bludging on the blind side with the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky cod, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Mutt, Cedric Espen, Sump, AO, torching the blindside blue paper once again. That's the power, the grunt, the passion and the poke of the Sumster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth at the ABC Grandstand HQ. And uh, before we get to the, uh, the main meat, so to speak, uh, some breaking news this week from our charity partners, the Blinkered Knights of Balaclava. The Knights have teamed up with the TAB to present the 2020 Remember September Victims of the Punt Fun Run. Now, many people will know that uh, in certain parts of Australia, the TAB's it's a busted-ass operation. I think the TAB in New South Wales lost a billion dollars uh, in the past year because people aren't punting with the TAB. I don't know why. We'll try and get to the unpack that and get to the... We'll drill down. We'll drill down into that, take a deep dive into that uh, later in the show. But in a historic... Historic breakthrough, the Knights have persuaded the TAB to get on board the Steps to Success program as part of the fun run. This enables runners to accrue TAB credits with every fun run step they take. Imagine coming back to scale on that one day in September after you've done the victims of the punt, having amassed $278 in your TAB account. Australians, download the app today and start training. Get involved. I mean, the PM, Sooty, he's downloaded the app and it's working great. He's amassed $4.03. In the that's three cents in the uh, in the past week. Hollywood bound tradies, job keepers, and job seekers, welcome to bludging on the blind side and footy season 2020. And I was going to say a blast of boot, but no, it's a festival of football. That's its official title. We're living in a festival of football. Buffs, right thinking patriots. God talks to me, pilgrims and mad footy freaks. H.G. Nelson opening the blind side dig for another set of seven. Well, what a week. I mean, I say it every week and they're just more incredible each week. Uh, you can't, just can't imagine this time last week that I'll be talking about the following things, but I am. It was a week when too much sport was barely enough. A week, truck full of rugby league. Nuance, nuance. COVID protocols treated as a joke by some of the biggest names in Australian football. I mean, I'm not talking about I'm not bagging rugby league here. You can if you want to. Sure, go in. But the AFL's just as bad. Bucks and Sanderson having a game of tennis. I mean, the message just doesn't get through. When it gets through, no one fucking remembers it. And that's what gets me down. No one fucking remembers it. Supercoach Wayne Bennett slips out for a carbonara at Leichhardt and front rower Paul Vaughan sinks the moulds into a schnitzel in Wollongong. I mean, where will this end? I mean, then all of a sudden, Alfie Langer's flowing the coop and he's celebrating his birthday. Well, while in uh, AFL, as mentioned, the two big two from Collingwood, Buckley and Sanderson, step outside the clubhouse for five sets of tennis and did they have the wit and the common sense to stick Buckley in a hazmat suit when he addressed the players? No, there he was spreading it all over the players. 
Oh, Lord, it just does your head in. And then we have rugby league mad crowds in Queensland turn the clock back and pile in through the turnstile at Sunshine Coast Stadium for Storm v Nukes. I mean, it sent a shiver down my spine looking at that. The crowd up there gave the kids of the nation a shufty at what going to the football used to be like, how much fun it was, but that we can't have that. We can't do that anymore. And elsewhere... For the kids as well in the President's Cup clash at Henson Park between traditional rivals Wentworthville and a team I've never heard of, the Glebe Burwood Wolves, there was an old-fashioned splashing of blood on, on the jumper of an opponent. It was an unsavoury incident and it did turn the clock right back. More on that later in the show. At least the firearm incidents were put to bed earlier in the week and that was great news for Rugby League and Rugby League filmmaking community was turning over once again. It's another must-see hit they produced. No plot. No sets, no need, just all action. Sadly, its release date meant that it couldn't be included in the Melbourne Film Festival lineup for 2020. I would have liked to see. As you know, we've said so often on this program before that filmmakers, they look to Rugby League for stories. There are so many stories there already being filmed by Rugby League filmmakers and our Rugby League filmmakers are the best Rugby League filmmakers in the world. Fact. And look at this latest production, as mentioned, sadly, missed the Melbourne Film Festival, but you can see wherever you want to and you don't have to pay. It's great. It's great. Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia and which rugby league player isn't. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go to get a go. If you've got something, then get in the bloody queue again for another go. There's a dozen Krispy Kremes for everyone. All you have to do is ask. And for God's sake, if you, if you need help, ask for help. There's help there if you want it. All you have to do is ask. If you can't ask, get somebody else to ask for you to get the help that you need. Now, well, I'm super excited about this. It's an unprecedented level of excitement, as it is each and every week when I introduce this next uh, item on the agenda. Australians, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf, let's lock horns with a man who this week put the finishing touches to the inflatable range of wash-and-wear chinos. Yes, this is tomorrow's trouser technology available today. Inspired by the Mars Lander Project and manufactured in a double garage at the rear of Eskbank House Lithgow, the inflatables are made from bamboo, seaweed laden tana and asparagus fern, all super green fabrics right out of tomorrow. If you want bulk at the back door, and who doesn't these days, all you have to do to inspire with a larger buttock is pump up the airtight panel inserts in your inflatables in the rear end of these miracles of modern tailoring. A simple blast from the bike pub will do the trick. You'll be walking on air, literally. Everybody wants to shock when they turn around and now you can with the inflatables on. You can take the front row out whenever you turn left and clear a table when you swing right, swing right there. That's good. Social distancing, forget it. It's a thing of the past. And yet... When that slim hip look comes again and graces the catwalks of Paris, you'll be ahead of the curve because all you have to do is let the air out of the inserts and suddenly everyone in the front row will be bellowing, hey, skinny, where'd you park the rear end? With just one pair of inflatables, you'll have that rump that will be the height of fashion for decades to come. The fashion maestro ridged right up behind these inflatables is, of course, rampaging Roy Slaven. Roy, can we get the bludging on the blindside bunny in motion simply by asking what caught your highlight? Should I say what highlights caught your restless eye this week, funky dude? Yes, thank you very, very, very much, H. Uh, G. Nelson, and it has been one of those weeks. Look. There was a movement at the station. The word had passed around. The big man had left the toilet. His trousers never found. 
Harry Bath. Yeah, I know. Hell of a start, isn't it? Hell of a start, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about Harry. He could adapt to any circumstance. Any metre. Yeah, any metre. Thank you. You know, people thought, you know, I am McPantameter was his go. Well, it, it was, was in part. But, but he, could, he could do anything, yeah. you know. Blank I, verse, he was great I, with blank. The blank verse stuff he did was just. Out of this world, yeah. And we, we, if you know, if the year's long enough, we might be able to get to some of it. Anyway, it's always food for thought. Food for thought. Now, Trent Woodhill. Now, it's not a name you're familiar with, nor was I, but now I am, and I'm glad. And you will be too. Trent Woodhill is uh, employed by Cricket Australia to think outside the box. He's described as a quote Gus Gould type. Unquote. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was only one of them. I know. I know. I know a lot of people are sitting forward. Now, his first suggestion since taking on the job uh, is to suggest that in T20, T20 has specialist fielders. Batsmen just bat, bowlers just bowl, and we have specialised fielders in special areas. Do you have 11 of them? Yes. Yep, yep, so... yep, 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 yep. Yep. Well, probably ten. I, I, I mean, you have to think it through. The wicket keeper. See, the bowler specials. comes out. Obviously, ah, yes. fieldsman comes off. Yeah. Bowler's there. Yeah. Uh, so the bowler is a fieldsman while he's bowling. Obviously, it's going to revolutionise the it game. It will revolutionise the game. You'll have specialist fields. You'll have specialist slippers. Mm. You know, specialist uh, second slip. That's all I do. So roughly, you'll have uh, say twenty-one in a team. Oh, you, you might be more, more oh, probably, yeah, true. depending on the ground, oh, yeah, no, the circumstances. True. What the bowler's good at? Yeah, what the bowler's good at. Exactly. He might have three points yes, on the side. Yes, yeah. Now, that's just his first idea. Um, God, he's I good. would suggest as well, actually, just as an added wrinkle, I mean, I don't want to give Trent Woodhill ideas. I mean, who could? Uh, I would suggest, say, the first drop batsman mm. is selected by the bowling team. How about that? Wow. Uh, At test level? Well, we could just get a bunny, you know. Well, well, we want him, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It just adds something, you know, gives the crowd something to think about. Oh, who's coming in number three? Who are they going to pick? Anyway, these are ideas that... And then... Trent, go with it, mate. Let's see what else comes out of this extraordinary ghoul-like brain. Yeah. Now... Still with cricket, Ireland defeat England in a one-day fixture. I think England are the world champions in the one-day game. So what a feather in the cap it is for Ireland. And could Ireland be the next cricketing superpower? I'm suggesting it may yes, well be. Yes, About time. About time some, something broke nicely for Ireland. Now, uh, moving on to tennis, Rafael Nadal has withdrawn from the US Open and now the US Open is really looking iffy. It looks like the number one seed might be the 600th player in the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's just no one's turning up. No one's going to be there. Uh, so it's, it's – I, I think they'll pull the pin on it is, is the uh, word that's reaching me. But the saddest uh, bit of news I've come across, HG, in some years, and we've uh, dealt with sad news between us, mm-hmm. but this is the saddest. The Woodies have fallen out. I know. That's, Mark and uh, Todd. Todd and Mark. Now, now we, um, during the Olympics actually, 20 years ago now, of course, we got to know Todd and Mark pretty well. Incredible. And they were the best of friends. Mm. 
they were inseparable. Mm. They won all those double matches won, oh, titles in a row, fifteen or sixteen. More than anyone in history. Yeah. Oh well, the Black Brothers might have been, mm. might have come close, but uh, they were just extraordinary together. Greater than the sum of the parts, you know. Mm. You put those two together, mm. and it was like you were, you know, doubles. It was like there were five players you were mm. playing against. And yet singles, they couldn't win a match. Singles, they couldn't do it. They anything. could hardly take a set. No, that's right. Mm. That's right. Uh, I don't know why, what's what's happened here. Todd hasn't. Are called. you offering to get the mull out and put it in the piece? Well, I would love the, to. Yeah, I would the... love to. I've reached out to both of them. I've mm. heard nothing back. Um, Todd hasn't played with Mark in any of the Legends fixtures, and there are plenty of them around. I mean, well, every pre, pre-COVID. Yeah, I mean, and they're funny. People love them. You yeah. know, we saw on Riddle Cont once. We did. Wasn't, wasn't he funny? He was fantastic. Fantastic. Funny. Yeah. Very yeah. funny. And it's shtick um, you'd never tire of. It's no, the same shtick all no, the time. Brilliant but bit erratic. Brilliant bit erratic time. on Riddle Cont. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, now, when Todd plays in Legends events, he plays with Jonas Bjorkman. Oh. No. You remember he teamed up with Jonas after he and uh, Todd, he and Mark split up. Yes. But I thought there was no acrimony there. I just no, thought they, you know. Todd had had enough. And yeah. Well, I think Mark went and played with uh, John McEnroe and won the US Open doubles with John McEnroe. And I think that might have got up Todd's nose. Right. And I, I, I don't know if that's where this has come from, whether that was the wellspring or not, but I know Mark is saddened by it mm-hmm. and I know Todd is saddened by it. Mm-hmm. But they just haven't expressed their saddened bitterness together. Is it COVIDed? If you're not know COVID I mean, affected, well, yes, well, it may so, well be. I yeah. mean, in terms of social distancing, they they can't get together, obviously. But they could phone each other, they could zoom each other, they could do they're all yeah. you know text, Matter, they could yeah. TikTok each other. Yeah, well, I suppose they could. They could leave bits of notes. Yes, paper with notes on it. Yes, they could write a letter. A letter, dear yeah. Mark. Mm. I think you are the best. Yeah. Thing, you can know, we get can together? we get together sometime post COVID? Once it's all over. the best, yeah, Todd. Todd. I'd like to see that I, happen. I might have to explain for some listeners what a letter is, but I'll do that. Oh, later. sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, now, Adam Scott says COVID nineteen could well extend his career. I know. I think this is great news. You know, we we think COVID, oh COVID, everyone down in the dumps, but. There are you know, some good things to come out of it. I noticed John Longmire thinks this is true too, as yes, true as well. Might extend that, his career. Yeah, and other people, and other, other people players, as well. Well, if, if it could extend the career of Adam Scott, it could extend the career of others. Mm. I think this mm. is a tremendous thing. I mean, just don't talk it down all the time. No, there mm. are some ups. Yes. And didn't Adam Scott re- take some time off? Yes, he did. Go back to his club and wash yep. golf carts? Did he really? He, somehow that gave him a love of the game again. Oh, it was a bit sort of iffy and proppy about was. it, but once he got his yes. chamois out and started doing ah, a bit of detailing work on a yes, golf cart, yes. he suddenly came good. Mm. I seem to recall, too. yes, I, I remember hearing him saying something about that, something to the effect of, it's a golf cart and I just felt I'd like to... Make it clean. Anyway, now uh, Daniel Ricciardo, fourth in the British Open, which is uh, pretty good. The, the British Grand Prix, I should say, was well, fantastic. Given that, it appears there are a lot of German drivers trying to kill him. <laughs> I, I've never seen this before in in Grand Prix, where where someone actually has a you know a thing a, a target on him. Ricciardo's got a target on him. I don't know why. He's such a lovely bloke. You and I have met him. We've spent time with him. He's terrific. Mm. Very engaging. Mm. Very likeable. Yeah. No tickets on himself. No funny ideas about driving. No funny ideas about anything. No. 
about cricket in particular. You know, I put the idea to him, what about the specialist fieldsman? He said, get out of here. You've been talking to Trent Woodhill. I said, yes, I have been talking to so Trent what? Woodhill. So what? What's it to you? Going back to talk to Adam yeah. Scott next. Mm. Adams, I'd love to talk to Adam Scott. Mm. We have Really open, open him up. Yeah, and we have an open invitation for him to get in touch. Yes. Now, there are calls, HG, for Cam Smith to be made our first playing immortal. Yeah, I know. You're sh- this shocked me. Yeah. I think it would be marvellous to uh, – we've never had a playing immortal. Usually immortals are made many years mm. after they've, you know, hung up the boots. Mm. But to have a, an immortal out there in the middle still practising his trade, I think it would be a marvellous thing and it would be a wonderful opportunity for – for uh, the NRL to get all the existing living mortals, immortals together to form a guard of honour for Cam to run out. Right. Well, you've thought it through. Well, I, I, I mean, yeah. I haven't really because yeah. we might be able to rope the army in, I don't know, uh, get some Anzacs there. if there Tanks. Are any, uh, tanks. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. No, well, I just... Just a thinking. parade of tanks. Yeah, for Cam Smith to run out. For Cam Smith. Mm. What, sitting on one or...? Well, I was thinking of, uh, you know... Driving one, and well, then he pops out. Wow. Wow, Cam! I know, and arriving by helicopter. Yes. Before the running through the I tanks. used to love that at Grand Finals. Oh, who didn't? When the, the, when yeah, the, the helicopter trophy. comes with the trophy. Yeah. Down and come, you wonder, what, what's, in this, what's in this helicopter? What could that be? I know. I know. Anyway, uh, Netball Australia outraged HG, and I was too, and you were. I know you were because I phoned you. Outraged the Channel 9 cut oh, from the yes, final quarter of the Swifts' started. first Giants. They crossed to a Dan Andrews bloody press conference. As if we're going to learn anything new from a Dan Andrews bloody press conference. Hey, Couldn't they have held it over? Held it over, you know. Just, Dan, can you wait a few yeah, minutes? Exactly. Can you wait a few Dan, minutes? Dan, are you watching this? Yeah. It was a tremendous game. I think the Swifts just came, you know, came just, out of the end. Yeah, just Not got that there. we knew. We didn't know. <laughs> when and Dan didn't know, I thought, oh, hello, Dan's going to tell us who won. <laughs> give us something we could bloody Can give us a bit of hope. But oh, no, oh, no, lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. Lockdown. <laughs> Had enough of it. <laughs> and I'm not alone. No, Wayne Bennett. I mean, oh, that will get to Bennett in a minute. Mm. But I don't blame the bloke. People are going locked down crazy. Mm. Let me out. What's Adam Scott think? <laughs> I'd like to go out. Now, finally, happy birthday, Alfie Langer. Mm. Make of that what you will. What makes Australia great? Rugby league and bludging on the blind side. HG. Now, uh, Roy, I think what we should discuss to begin with is the problem of people fleeing the coop when they're meant to be, you know, in lockdown, especially in the rugby league to start there. Mm. I mean, Wayne Bennett, part of Project Apollo. He was. A senior identity in rugby league community, as some say the most senior member of the coaching community, which is probably true in terms of numbers of years. All of a sudden, I know you've had a look at what he ate. Yeah. 
I mean, I did think that it was an exotic meal, something you couldn't get anywhere else. You know, maybe, you know, a well-done carbonara is hard to find in this city yeah. and maybe he had a, a spot over there in Leichhardt that was of interest to him. Mm-hmm. He sniffed it out and just sank the molars on a Thursday or Friday, but in preparation. Yeah. It's, a, you know, like a lot of players have a lucky food. Yeah. A lot of coaches would have a lucky food. Yeah. But you don't think it was a carbonara? Uh, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't. Uh, the thing about Leichhardt, actually, it, in a way it's it's – my patch in a way, and word spreads pretty quickly. Um, so I heard that uh, Wayne was at uh, the Grappa. Yeah, the Grappa. Grappa restaurant, which is not one I actually go to very often. It's too expensive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a beautiful restaurant. Wonderful room. Wonderful rooms. Great outlook. Yes, wonderful Or outlook. everybody welcome yes. once they can afford the yeah, mittens. Yeah, yeah. And it's a magnet for rugby league players. Yeah, a very big magnet. I think he bumped into Braith and Astor there and uh, had a quick chat to Braith. And there were Was Benny Elias players. in the house that day? I don't think Benny was. I think Benny yeah. had his uh, his mind on other the things, things yeah. that we might get to later. It's a cautionary tale, really. Um, my understanding is that Wayne, as part of Project Apollo, you know, uh, was understanding that he was a Class A citizen. Yes, exactly. That's I, I can't under, get and my head around. Class A it. citizens can pretty well, you know, have, they have the keys to the city. Yeah. And we trust them because yeah. we know they're going to do the right thing in terms yeah. of social distancing and all of that. And my understanding is that Wayne and uh, the, the friend who he, he was eating his with. His partner. His partner. Uh, it was a private room mm. upstairs. Um and they kept their distance from the staff, all of that, as you'd expect. Um, uh, Wayne went with the what's described as the Cape Grim grass, uh, grass-fed grass beef fillet, which is very, very nice, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, beetroot. Medium rare or did he go fairly rare? I think he would have gone medium rare. Yeah. Uh, with beetroot, roasted escalot, uh, horseradish and crisp potatoes. And he had a few sides. He had the roasted potatoes and the pa- potato chips and he had the baby cos cu- baby cos and the cucumber and the red radish and chives with a, a lemon dressing. Now, that'll uh, that I think comes to about seventy seven bucks, which is great value. Mm. You'd be there. Great forever. value, yeah. And I think they washed it down with the Penfolds bin three eight nine, the two thousand and seventeen vintage. I think mm-hmm. is the one Terrific everyone, everyone drop. wants, and that, that'll set you back about one hundred and four bucks. But beautiful. It's so it's so soft smooth. on the tongue, smooth. Yeah, nah, lovely. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And now the, that was it. That mm-hmm. was the extent of it. It was a bloke, mm-hmm. very successful, mm-hmm. very successful bloke, arguably probably our most successful coach ever, mm-hmm. uh, just going out for lunch. Now, what sort of world is it when a rugby league coach, fully ticketed, A-class citizen, can't go out for lunch. I know. And on the other hand, if Kerry Stokes had done that, no one yeah. would have batted an eye. No. 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 No one would have made, made any no. attention, drawn any attention to no, it. No, I know. I now, know. I know. we have the problem of, uh, I think it's Paul Vaughan, is it? Yes. Uh, you know, the, the St. George player. The St. George player, uh, front row forward. Yeah. But is uh, he class A? No, well, that's the difficulty is. See, I don't think he is. I don't no. think he is. I no. think the players have got to stay pretty well in the bubble. Uh, but I know Wayne would have... Even at Grappa, they've got the bath there and I made sure that the sanitizer bath is there right in the room in which he was about yeah, to eat. you can't so, get into the room without going through no, the no, bath. No, 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 no. He would have taken the gear off, into the bath, mm-hmm. partner into the bath, mm-hmm. get out, hose themselves off or shower, get dressed and then sit down and have their meal. 
have their meal. That's how it would have been, I know. Now, just uh, changing away from that, uh, yeah. those images of that crowd last weekend at Rugby mm. League, that must have sent a shiver through your phone, it spine. Did. It did. It did. Um, I, I, and I knew there was going to be blowback. I, I just knew it was a bad look. Were you blamed for that? In part. Yeah. In part. Uh, but I said I, I'd done all I could. Mm. You know, you, you can provided leave, the bath you and can, the, well, you can a leave, number of baths. You can leave the horse to water. Yeah. But you can't make them sink. Thanks, it. Yeah. Now, look, can I come to the uh, images that we saw this week of the Denver Broncos running onto training? And yes. it made it look as though they ran through a doorway, which was a spray. It but did, you're very critical did. of this because you, you don't think it's thorough enough. It's not, of course not. It's just for show. Yeah. It's simply for show. And I know as a fact that they would have hopped in the sanitizer bath into the shower, got their gear on, and then run through that thing that you were describing to yes, me. Yes, the... The, 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 the spray. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The doorway. That, that's simply for show, nothing else. And then we come to the AFL. And quite dangerous because if you get sanitizer in your eyes. Yes, you Stings, actually, you can't see. It's, yeah. For minutes you've got to wash it out, rinse it out. You know, I've experienced this. All of the players have. Even, mm. you know, Wayne's experience. Wayne hates it in his eyes. Because mm. mm. your G-up was going the, in the sanitizer bath with yeah. your eyes open, Wayne. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Foolishly, you did. Yeah. Now, we come to the AFL and the yeah. AFL have uh, obviously bubbles everywhere and hubs everywhere. And yeah. one of the hubs is the Collingwood Football Club being located in Perth. Yeah. And, of course, the coaches think, well, we're not yeah. training today. We can go outside and do things like maybe get a pie yes. or go down, and, you know, say to Fremantle and have a look oh, at yes. the... Uh, uh, Papa Gino's and have a coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, of course, they can't no. because they're not class A. And, no. of course, every time they go for a hit of tennis, the co whole course has... To, court has to be sanitised. be sanitised, yeah. Before they can come on, they've got to have their balls marked yes. X and Y and all this all sort of, of stuff. Yep. But he went with uh, one of the other coaches, Sanderson, mm. and all of a sudden, you know, all hell breaks loose because then he comes back. Oh, He's got to get tested. Yes. Is it enough to just be tested or do you have to isolate in yes. case you've got the Well, you have to isolate until they get the result of the test back. Mm. And that's the same with Wayne, I assume, although I think they've got, they've, you know, Vlanders has come right down on Wayne. I think $20,000 fine plus uh, I think he's got to self-isolate for two weeks, whether his oh, test comes back negative or not. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty harsh thing to do with someone who is you know, so well-respected respected, in the right. community. No yes. one is respected more. Well, Cam Smith perhaps. Yeah, yeah. You know. But if Cam had gone out, you know, to Grappa and had a, had a steak, that, I mean, no one had bat an eyelid. If you are an Australian confused by the terms multi, pick the score, first try scorer or pick the margins, Bludging on the Blind Side provides a free helpline service. Dial 1-800-BACKDOOR-BENNY and make an appointment for the whole family. Now, uh, Roy, look, very sad news and I, I did just suspect this would happen is the hubs are starting to break down and we I've described it in my blog, uh, you know, 500 words, 500,000 words on what's happening in rugby league mm. and AFL this week as Lord of the Fliesism. Ah. We seem to have a breakdown of moral and civil codes yeah. inside these hubs. Yeah. Now, the one that occurred to me or brought to my attention forcefully this week is what's happening inside the Richmond Football Club hub. Yeah. Uh, the players are obviously spending far too much time with each other yeah. and there was an outbreak of Hobawadiism yes. uh, where people were obviously sticking fingers up people's bums yes. and there was a nasty case also of Todger, I can't even say it, Todger. 
tugging yes. uh, by other players, especially while the club's song is being sung. Now, I wouldn't mind this in the privacy of their own rooms. I have nothing against that at all, or why would I? Mm. Uh, but in the in the public gaze mm. of filmed after the song filmed after a win, mm. this is you know. Yeah. Demeaning of the – it's bringing the code in disrepute, it's demeaning the code, and it's it's just causing to be ridiculed. Yeah. Now, can I point out also that I think I'm pretty, Eddie Maguire's got this project of six clubs <laughs> being filmed in, you know, in very big detail for his, um, you know, his um, sort his of – His series. His series. He's got six. I think there's going to be 90 episodes of this. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the players are, you know – arcing up to this, yeah. obviously. You know, showing off, you think? Showing off and uh, obviously have a look at this. And they know where the cameras are mm. and even though the footage I've got is a bit sort of just grainy. camera in the corner. A bit grainy. A bit grainy. Mm. You can see what they're doing. They're starting to cast themselves as, you know, characters. Yeah. Uh, the funny joker in the pack, so to speak, the uh, the hard done by one and so on. And I'm mm. not sure where this is going to end and whether you feel as though something has to be done and maybe we have to break up the hubs and maybe have two hubs and rotate players so they don't form alliances inside the hub and yeah. all this sort of stuff. I think just expecting, you know, say 40 or 60 players and staff to get on famously for the whole, you know, six months of COVID yeah. while the footy season's on, it's just too much to ask. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, does it? It doesn't, no. no. It doesn't. You do get uh, outbreaks of uh, what I'd describe as uh, bullying behaviour. Bullying behaviour, that's right, yes. And that's what appears to have infected the Richmond Tigers at the moment. Uh, and I'd suggest it's going on with all clubs, HG. It's just that we haven't seen it on film. Correct. We will eventually. Obviously. We will eventually. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, bullying is is a dreadful thing. Uh, Mick Benson was bullied mm -hmm. at the Shamrocks. You think it bullied him out of the game? Well, uh, it's a theory. Mm. It's a theory. When he walked off and disappeared, maybe he'd been bullied once too often. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, you know that. Backdoor work you were talking about mm. that that can wear you out, you know. Every time you, you know, you turn around, there's someone poking something up your butt. You, you can only say, look, can you stop doing this so often? Um, because everyone says, oh yeah, come on, get over it, Mick. It's all right, you know. Mm. You know, just a joke, just a gee up, mate. What's your problem? Uh, <clears throat> okay, we won't we won't do it anymore. Uh, sorry, Mick, we won't. Two minutes later, mm. you know. Oh, what'd you do that for? Mm. Oh, sorry, Mick, was that you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I thought it was Stomper. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. And as for, um, look, as for grabbing a bloke's todger, that, that's fair. Look, everyone does that. Mm. that that's normal. Mm. That's footy clubs. That, that's footy clubs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of players used to look forward to that. Mm. You know, I, I remember Stomper saying a few times, hey, what's wrong with you blokes? No one's touched me today. <laughs> you know. And Grassy would say, that's because you stink. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, stomp it, hop in the chair and say, come on, blokes, have a go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know. But that's bonding. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. The, 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 you know, there's only a, a fine, line, fine line. Cigarette paper. Yes, between bullying and bonding. bonding yeah. Isn't it? You Can know, I for the bloke with the finger, it's a bond. Mm. For the bloke with the up the back door, yeah. it's bullying. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, that's it's, it, but that's I it. Know. You have to make that to call yourself. Yes, it is. Now, yeah, can you I do. just you raise do. the question of obviously when yeah. the uh, footage broke, yeah. there was a lot of, especially the finger up the bum stuff, there was a lot of comparisons with John Hopoati's playing career, yes. which is vividly 
captured. His mm. antics are vividly captured. Yeah. Now, well, this, he used to do it hide in plain sight. Yeah, I know, and yeah. offensively, as in, in attacking oh, yeah. the players, you know, yeah. in the tackle. Yes, that's right. Uh, all to, of a sudden to try was, and get someone to drop the ball or yeah, exactly lose control right. of the ball because yeah. you think, oh, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Thump Hopper, who then obviously the thumper gets sent off. That's right. Now, I, I find that unsavoury as well mm. because there's a world of difference between doing things on the rugby league paddock, yeah. usually that what happens out there stays out there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and doing it in the rooms while they're singing the songs. You know, we're from Tiger Land, et cetera. Yeah. You know, it's just a finger up, bum, you know, all that sort of <laughs> yeah. stuff. It could easily be misinterpreted the wrong way. Well, and what sort of message does it send, send young people? I know. I mean, that's the same with all of this. Yes. Bennett escaping the clubhouse, you know, yes. Paul Vaughan, you know, the uh, Sanderson and Alfie Buckley. Langer going, Alfie to the, Lang- going to the Caxton Hotel to celebrate his birthday with a few mates. If they can do it, why can't Why can't we? the players? That, that's exactly right. right. Why can't we at home? Yes. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's it. But uh, getting back to this earlier point, HG, um, I, I, I think the coach has – it comes out of the coach a lot here, you know, because, uh, you know, Grass used to say to us, he used to line us up and say, all right, if any of you blokes are going to object to having a finger up the date, go home now. All right. Mixed aid. So Mick was fair game because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mick knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the that's the only way. You, and and I, I assume the Richard Tiger coach has done the same thing. And if he or she hasn't, or if he hasn't, that's what they've got to do. Say so line them up and say, "All right, who doesn't want to put up their date?" Yeah, good. <laughs> Asked, when Dimmer was asked about this, he pretended he didn't know what was going on. I found that equally baffling. Really? Equally baffling. He's there in the room while they're singing. They're yes. Complaining about what they've got shoved up their rear. Yes. And then he thinks, oh, well, they just, what, got bitten by a mosquito or something like oh. that. You know, do you know what I mean? I think that he just oh, condones this. This isn't, uh, <laughs> this is not plausible. No. This is not plausible, is it? It's not plausible, plausibly deniable, this. He had to know. Mm. He had to know. And he the, probably encouraged it. Well, the collapse of morality in yes. these hubs is just going to... Oh, up. well, morality in football, I mean, they're miles apart, HG. God mighty. This is the bigger picture from the top rung of the stepladder at the MCG with Kane Corns holding the binoculars. Relayed to footy heads across Australia by bludging on the blind side. And to restore sobriety, we're going to give away another, well, it's week one of the dream and week two of the dream uh, on VHS, still in their cellophane bags. Uh, it's a tremendous prize. A lot of people have been enjoying this. Obviously, the colours, the sound, we've talked about it all. Yeah. And it's a simple question for all comers, Roy. Yes, the question is, HG, who is the next cricketing superpower? Yes. This is the Church of Football Redemption, bludging on the blind side with the collection tray and a slab of fruit and nut. It's those lively lags and the double XL shorts, Roy Slaven and HG Nelson. Who are we talking to, Roy? Yeah, we're joined by Otto, who's uh, in uh, Canberra. How are you there, Otto? I'm very well, thank you. Now, mate, have you been part of the Viking Clap? Have you got that involved? Oh, I've had the clap in the past, yes. 
Right. I was, I was at the uh, Raiders South uh, semi last year. That was fantastic. I bet it was. And did you enter the spirit of it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the Raiders uh, this year going very well again. Are you thinking maybe you'll go to a semi again and get involved in the clap again? Oh, if they get in it, yeah. yeah I've got, yeah. actually got two teams. I like the Raiders and I like South. So I grew up as a South supporter. Uh-huh. I used to sneak in through the paling uh, fence Fences at uh, Redford, Redford Oval, Oval and, yeah. and watch the uh, the Bunnies play. And then I moved to Canberra and um, yeah. had a couple of trial games with them. So I've got two teams that I have an affinity. Now, uh, would uh, you yeah. like uh, the Rabbits to come out with something like a, a bit of a cry? I, I'm not sure what uh, galvanises the Rabbits in the... Uh, rabbit Exactly. Thanks very Isn't much. And maybe it would be a great to have, say, yeah. South v the Raiders with a clap on one side and rabbit on yes. the other. Yep. That sounds fantastic. Yep. Wasn't yeah. the other hey, hey. wasn't the other cry clothes props? It was. Yes, it was. They, they used to sell clothes props yes, back in the day. Yes, the uh, hey, uh, Guys, before I forget, I, uh, it's something I've been meaning to talk to you guys about. Hmm. Um, Three it's, teams it's, in the competition? Um, no, no. <laughs> These uh, finger-up-to-date sort of episodes uh, yes. re- brings back fond memories of club buggery when you guys used to have this fantastic variety show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to see every week you had a different uh, date product that you used to give away. There was one date product that was missing. Right. Which I discovered in a supermarket at the time, and I, uh, it's been bugging me for 20 years. Right. What was you the product? You know what that is? No. Date spread. Oh, date spread. Oh, yes, oh, I've yes. heard of that. And I've actually seen it on this. Yes. You've, you've spread it on a bit of toast or something like yeah. that or crumpet. Yeah. Have you, have you tried it, Otto? Have you given it a go? Oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Isn't that good? Now, listen, uh, just speaking of Souths, uh, do you think that uh, Wayne Bennett's been punished too much? Oh, no, I think two weeks is fair enough. What about the 20 grand? Oh, Pocket money for him. All right. Ah, fair uh, enough. I, I, I think it's fairly appropriate, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Otto, on those thoughts, let Roy set out the question and have a swing at it. Now, Otto, uh, who is the next cricketing superpower? That'd be Ireland. Absolutely right, Otto. So the Dream Week 1 and the Dream Week 2, red-hot action from uh, the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Uh, VHS copies, we'll get them in the mail to you as soon as we, uh, and they'll arrive as soon as, well, Australia Post gets them there. Thanks very much for being part of Bludging on the Blind Side. Could multinationals own NRL teams? Imagine a top four in 2022 featuring the Tesla Rabbits, the Amazon Eels, the Facebook Tigers and the Huawei Broncos. Rugby League, it's a funny old game and nothing would surprise bludging on the blind side. Yes, and it was good to get uh, Adam Scott back in the news. And uh, how's Jason Day going in that PGA competition? He was uh, he was coming second, I think. Right, where I last heard. Yes, although yeah. he did, uh, I think, two bogeys in his round. Ah, uh, I think there might be a Chinese player who's leaving at the moment, and this would be a a first for a uh, someone a from major, China to, to win, win a, a a men's major. Yeah. Yes. Now um, he was, uh, you know, obviously. Um, the COVID uh, has kept him at home and he's simply a chance to kick back and relax. Isn't isn't that good? It is good. Mm. And Scott celebrated his 40th birthday with uh, family, uh, relearned the pleasures and demands of full-time parenting and reconnected with old pals hanging out at the local Caloundra Golf Club. 
Isn't that fantastic? So he's got a really, you know, and remember, of course, yeah. golf is something that's COVID compliant. Yes. So you can uh, hit, have a hit. Yeah. He, 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 oh, no, not in – I think it's oh. illegal in uh, Victoria again. No, he's in Queensland though. Yeah, in Queensland I think he'd probably get a game. Yeah. yeah. Now, he, as I mentioned in my opening remarks, he even volunteered at one point to wash the golf carts. Yes. It had been probably 20 years since I'd been home at that time of year for a length of time, and I certainly enjoyed it very much. Uh, given whatever restrictions we're still under, it was nice to be there with the family, and I think in some way it's going to prolong my career. Yes. This is what your yes. thinking was. Yeah. Some of those things are things that I don't get to experience very much, obviously being away on tour all the time. Mm. Now... This prolonging of careers, um, I did see an item, as I mentioned earlier, from Longmire, who uh, thinks the coach of the Sydney Swans, who thinks that the COVID, well, you know, holiday, for want of a better word, lockdown, yeah. is going to prolong the careers of a lot of AFL players as well. So and Buddy Franklin might kick on for another 10, 12 years. I guess that's what's behind it. And he also thinks, oddly enough, the shorter quarters in the AFL is going to help people's careers. I'm not sure how that works. No. Uh, as though the last five yeah. minutes of every quarter is the challenging five minutes. So if we nip them off, yeah. somehow they, that won't be a matter. Won't it go to the next, the last five minutes of the current setup yeah. that becomes the challenging <clears throat> five minutes? Well, see, I would have thought the 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 idea of playing 20 rounds in, you know, 19 days or whatever it's going to be, is going to shorten careers. Well, and the other thing is this festival... Maybe he's talking about himself as a coach. It might pro prolong his career as a coach. Yeah, that could be the case. That could be the case. Maybe that's he, what he means. He wears himself out too much with the uh, yeah. the last five minutes of every quarter. Yes. Trying to get the swans up. Now, they had a very close game against uh, Collingwood the other night in which there were a couple of incidents which we may get to. Mm. And, of course, you know, as the coach on the other side, Nathan Buckley is in serious trouble. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if um, uh, the whole nature of football will be forced to change. I noticed, for instance, Papley, mm. who was accused of uh, milking freeze by Alistair Clarkson, mm. seemed to cop it again the other night for a free which was wonderfully uh, milked yeah. uh, by him or wonderfully staged by him when he was uh, hands in the back from, I think it might oh, have been yeah. Maynard, the Collingwood yeah. defender, and uh, yeah, Papley fell, made a fell meal over, of it. did yeah. yeah, absolutely yeah, fell over, yeah. you know, Brett Morris style. Good on him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, of course, he got the ball, saved within 15 metres of the goal and managed to kick it out of bounds on the full. Uh, so it just sort of didn't work <laughs> didn't out work that out. well. Yeah. But, but on was, paper, it was paper terrific planning. Terrific. Yeah, it yeah. was beautifully planned. Look, but, I, I think penalty pullers have been unnecessarily maligned recently, HG, in both codes. You know, we had Sticky, you know, poking his bib in, saying we don't want to import that sort of behaviour here. And uh, then we had uh, uh, someone from the NRL uh, suggesting that uh, bringing the game into... Uh, disrepute dis and Disrepute and ridicule uh, would, would be seriously punished. And I, I think the very opposite. I think you, you're Tony Hearns... Yes, you might have mentioned them before. I did. Tony, I did. They've Tony got Hearn. to be encouraged. Oh, I, I think no. people appreciate someone who can, you know, pull a penalty at the right time to, you know, turn the tide in favour of your team. Well, not bad because <laughs> I think... I'm wondering if there should not be, say, a Dally M for... A puller of the year. What a lovely idea. Now, I tell you who could have a walk-up start there. <laughs> yeah. I want to say Callum Ward... Uh, came off uh, supposedly second best in the Bombers-Giants clash the other right. night yep. and he got the free and yep. people are complaining that it was a very soft, soft free yeah. and it may have, in fact, changed the course of the game oh, being well, the winning kick for goal. There we are. And I agree, Callum Ward, I think, would be puller of the year. Puller of the year, yeah. Well, he'd get, well, get three points for that match. Yes. Now, 
What I was going to say before, though, the Festival of Football, apparently the murderer mm. isn't happy with killing off the matches uh, so far. Yep. He's going to have another block of matches called a, f- a second Festival of Football 2.0 coming up. So another 30 matches in 19 days really? to get through the season. So it's Good going to be very God. wearing on the public and the personnel. Well, this is going to shorten the careers of the players in, in immensely, immeasurably, isn't it? Well, I get the idea. So we know he wants to actually not only kill the game but kill the players. I think that's where he's up to. He wants to wear the players out till so they drop from so exhaustion. They, oh, Lord. I know. There's he's, no got too, he's got too much time on his hands, hasn't he? He, he has. Now that he's solved some problems, he's out there creating yes. others. Um, look, I, I, I mean, why doesn't he just get himself an AK-47 and bloody do it? <laughs> now, <laughs> do you think staging for freeze, once you get a taste of it, you'll keep doing it? Like, you know, Papley. Oh, there's and, nothing like it. I oh, know, that's what I mean. There's you know, nothing like it. The grin at ear to ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same as any tennis player, HG. I mean... If you can win the point and make your opponent look stupid at the same time, I mean, it's such a ter- terrific idea. Well, and it's the same, same with rugby league, you know. If you do something illegal and someone reacts and throws, throws a stupid punch, you know, and you, you duck it but the ref sees the punch being thrown and you get the penalty and you get the two points and you win the match and you win the grand final and you've got the ring yeah. and they haven't. Yeah. For, for the rest of your life, whenever you see them, you just hold the ring up, wink. <laughs> so if you if you uh, lost it but won it yeah. in the wash up, sure yes, I say, yes. you know, it's a tremendous, tremendous feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. The painting had them reeling back in awe. The smoking gun, the AFL Supremo, and the Taubmans were dancing an attractive rumba before the eyes. Suddenly the crime was there for all to see, even those bludging on the blind side. Uh, yes, now, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, there's a couple of ways. You can text on uh, 0467-920-222 or get in touch with us at roynhg at abc.net.au and the following people have uh, bunged us in an email. Roy, what have you got there? Uh, yeah, a couple here, HG. Um, <clears throat> uh, this has come from Paul. He mm. says, referring to your discussion last week with regards to the human headline, just count the amount of letters in Darren Hinch. Janet may well be on the right path, as an 11-ist, he adds. Yeah, no, well, that's an interesting... We haven't... Janet's been very quiet, hasn't Mm. she? Mm. Perhaps she hasn't taken offence. Well... Um, Well, there's nothing we can do about it. No, there's nothing we can do about it. Reach out as much as we can. Yeah, we're we're here to help. We're here to help. Now, uh, this has come from uh, Rhonda, and Rhonda Rhonda points out the murderer has 11 letters. Yeah. <laughs> See, we don't make this stuff up. We don't make it up. It's just all there. You all have to do is look. Yeah. Now, this has come from Simon. He says, uh, I wanted to address the Elevenist conspiracy and how it is now everywhere. Mm-hmm. Good. Last Sunday, this is going back a couple of weeks, he says, last Sunday at the Hungarian GP, the third race of the Formula One season, Car 33 scored its 33rd podium and is currently sitting on 33 points in the Drivers' Championship, giving an average point score of race of 11. Conspiracy? Coincidence? You tell me. Now, who drives Car 33? I don't want to know. Max Verstappen! <laughs> he adds... Chilling. Chilling. <laughs> I know. Oh, now. Can I? 
admire your restraint when the word Verstappen. I know. It was admirable. <laughs> I know. Now, uh, this has come from uh, Peter. Yeah, Peter. He says, it seems the cult of the leaven has infiltrated the Australian Labor Party. Paul Keating, an elevenist, used his power of cult of eleven to topple Bob Hawke. We go back in time to Billy Hughes, another 11ist, split the Labor Party back in the early early part of the century. The Labor Party must get rid, of, get rid of all these divisive factors that the cult of 11 has combined divide and wreck the party, such as the dismissal on the 11th 11. Yeah, 11 11, yeah, obviously. Oh, man. Now, um, this has come from Jason. Uh, he says, slathering myself in sanitizer here and keeping a socially safe distance from, from speakers, I was moved quite literally by the reference to what we are here calling the age of rugby league consent. Right. That's good. And the potential for 12-year-olds playing the game at the highest level in a post-COVID sports-led recovery. As only this very week, he's talking last week, uh, the nation's attorneys general declined to raise the legal age of incarceration for children from 10 to 14. Can I ask... Why is it okay to lock up a kitty at 10 but not let them play professional rugby league? <laughs> now, is this, a, is this a shot across the bow of the Suwali youngster who I think is mm-hmm. only 17 at the moment? That's right. And the rugby league has banned. Banned him, yes. This prodigy. Yeah. This prodigy, explosive prodigy. Yes. From playing rugby That's right. league. But he could go to jail. I know. But well, not allowed to play rugby league. I know. He could have been going for jail for the last seven years if he'd yeah. been bad enough. It is a crime, isn't it? A crime. Would that be a, something the Human Commission should have a look at? The, uh, you know, mm. I'm not sure what the standing authority, the United Nations. Oh, well, I think it is a, a human rights issue. Human rights, sorry, yes, Human yeah, Rights Commission. Human rights. Yeah. Yeah, and denial of trade. Yes, correct, denial of In trade. In this age of the tradies. Yeah, I know. My well, trade is rugby league. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. Ban you. And and if you're in trouble, if say you 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 know your 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 electrical sockets are spitting out sparks, sparks and stuff like Smoke. that. If you've got a tradie and who's twelve years old who can fix it, wouldn't you say, "Well, go ahead"? <laughs> if that kid is fully ticketed, he's oh, so born be... with a bloody tradie's brain. But it's at conception. Yeah. Look, tradie's brain at conception. That's what I like because you don't need to be ticketed. No. You know you what just got to feel for it. A feel, feel for it. it. You don't stick the bloody screwdriver you into don't. the sock. I'm telling you that for a fact. You don't. You turn the power you off You go first. to the power box, you yeah. go off. Yeah. Then you come in and say, now, where's this power board? Exactly. In here, kitty. Now, this bloke says, uh, Big T, my name is Big T. Big T, yeah. Hello, Big T. He says he's a primary school teacher. And I often muse as you do on the splendour that is a child's fully formed rugby league brain. But as we know, they are as rare as they are wondrous. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, how do we best ensure that the rest of the baby is born without the natural gifts Cam Smith and Tim Brasher hold, still become fully-fledged <laughs> lovers of the game? How can young, quiet Australian parents set themselves up for a lifetime of pride as rugby league households without fear of their children coming home with interests in other things? Yeah. That's well, an excellent question. You mean like fishing or speed at all or AFL? Uh, or, oh, Lord. Or tennis. Tennis. God forbid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can what can what can parents do? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. All you can do is put a put a a, a, a steeden in the 
crew. Cot. Uh, in the cot, yeah. From an early age. Early age. And then. And just know, see if the kid, what the kid, yeah. how the kid responds to it. Yes, you know, that's right. Handling, that's right. touching yeah. the ball, yeah. you know, wanting to instinctively want to kick it even before they can walk. And I've seen that happen. Mm. I've seen kids kicking balls out of cots, mm. you know, who can't Lying walk. flat on their backs. Yeah. And you've got to get those parents aside and say, listen, mm-hmm. you've got a rugby league savant here. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Now. Um, oh, look, just fi- finally, HG. Um, oh, look, this this interests me because I'm totally unaware of this, HG. Mm. You know, sometimes I focus on the wrong things. Uh, this is Charlie in Brisbane. Charlie says, gents, I was wondering if you had an opinion on the Australian professional cycling team, Mitchelton Scott and the troubled botched mid-season sponsorship change that saw owner Jerry Ryan take control, which resulted in the quick departure of general manager Shane Bannon. Is Bannon of a Stappen nominee? I had no idea that the, our cycling team was in trouble. No, that's that's a shock to me. It that is, a, is shock. a shock. And look, as soon as I get off air, yeah, same I'll, here. I'll try and get to the bottom, get of, to the bottom of it, and try and interview people and write a blog about it, put up five hundred thousand <laughs> words about it. Yes, because there's a story there. There that is needs a to be story told. there, and I can and tell I'm, you what: if your cycling team is being controlled by a clown like Jerry Ryan. <laughs> You're in serious, serious trouble. Yeah, look, I'm wondering if Four Corners should be involved. I mean, that left-wing oh, yes, lynch, lynch mob, mob program on the ABC, yes. would they like to do something on Australian cycling? I bet you they I, would. Yeah, I bet you they would. Especially yes. the, uh, you know, collapse mm-hmm. of that whole yeah. fiasco that you've just outlined. Well, it sounds like there's massive corruption going on, doesn't it? If you are a genuine person of faith and love rugby league, what can you do? Just believe. HG? Any action? Uh, yes, there is HG. Uh, someone is suggesting that uh, perhaps penalty pulling is just a beautiful dark art of rugby league. And I think oh, that's true. Absolutely true. It uh, is a dark art. Could I argue that probably the same in the AFL, but it's a bit mm. more... Uh, a bit more in the public gaze, whereas yes. penalty pulling in the rugby league, yep. apart from Sticky, who's always obsessed by these right, things, yep. doesn't seem to bother people. No, that's true. I don't, I don't think it bothers many people, especially no. if the uh, penalty puller is playing for the team you want to win. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's fine. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> dark arts, yeah. Well, I suppose the Hopawati stuff was dark arts. Oh, pretty dark, <clears throat> yes, yes. And you've got to remember... <clears throat> That this was uh, that Hopper was trained in this particular dark art <clears throat> by Barlam. Well, of course, Barlam was an absolute master of the dark arts, yes. wasn't he? Yes, he was. Ellery Hanley. Yeah, no, well, that's true. You, know, yeah. that's, you don't forget those things if you're you, a Balmain supporter. You don't. You don't. Uh, now, uh, now Freya's been in touch. She says, with regard to your defamation of Brett Morris, it was in fact Josh Morris who was awarded the awarded the yeah. Oscar for Best Actor. HG. Yeah, that's all right. Um, that's easy to mistake to make because they do look quite alike, given that they're twins. That's true. And Russell's been in touch. He's got a suggestion for the NRL. Uh, they get a thinking outside the box guy. Ah. Uh, which was going to be Gus Gould, you may recall. But he looks as though he's given up the NRL and gone to work with the Warriors. With the Warriors, it looks like it, yeah, which is just bizarre. 
Um, How will he get on with trans-Tasman travel in the oh, COVID no. conditions? Oh, no. and, and he doesn't travel well, Gus, he doesn't. Is he going to do everything on Zoom or? Uh, I mean, the Warriors are here at the moment. I think yeah. Nathan Brown's the number one coach or yes. been appointed number one coach. I think he has And been. Gus is going to be right up behind him. Yeah, I can't see Brown and Gould getting on. But Russell says uh, they need this uh, getting a thing outside the box guy, much in the manner of Trent Woodhill with the cricket. Uh, they could then come up with cost-saving re-refs. Every time the Storm play, Cam could take on a captain yes, ref role. Yes, that'd be great. And the NRL wouldn't have to front up for a ref with uh, whenever the, the Storm's playing. There's a lot to no, be said to that. Oh, there's a lot to be said. Especially once he's been... Uh, immortalised. Immortalised. He's mm. made an immortal. So he'd just go out with a whistle... Wouldn't he? And a number nine on and his back. And a number back. nine on his back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, boys. Let's go. I tell you what. I tell would... you what. Storm might win today. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Twit, you're offside, clown. <laughs> now. Terrific this... sense of humour. Oh, Cam. it's tremendous. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. And especially a lot of people in the bin. I think he'd probably put them <laughs> within would. five minutes. Yeah, he'd he'd, he'd love to see a full bin, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't he? <laughs> Time to take the rubbish out, boys. <laughs> Twit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, crowds are in the news again, and I did see that, uh, which we will get to about the the crowd last weekend. But the WA government have said the whole final series in the AFL should be played in WA, oh, yes. and they've put up an elaborate plan yeah. to indicate how the hubs could work and that obviously some people will be able to go home because they won't be in the finals and how they're going to be able to schedule them all at Optus Oval, I think yeah. it is there, a magnificent venue mm. and the spacing and the number of crowds who could come and mm. they even lined up Eskimo Joe to play the grand final. Which is in the brilliant. Time, which is a terrific Just idea. Brilliant. Brilliant. And so they wouldn't have to worry about, you know, the yeah. social distancing for that particular moment. Yeah. Now, yeah. last weekend... The NRL will reduce the capacity at Sunshine Coast Stadium to limit the bad optics. Oh, yeah, bad optics. Bad optics of rugby league starved fans cramming a hill as Peter Volandi's labelled the next fortnight critical to determining finals crowds. Yep, yep. The next fortnight, right. Yep. A day after a backlash over the fans seemingly flouting social distancing guidelines during the Storm and Nights clash, the Sunshine Coast Council stopped selling tickets for the Melbourne uh, for Melbourne's weekend match with the Bulldogs. Really? They've stopped selling tickets. Because they know they can't trust. They can't trust. There was them. a time when you could trust a rugby league crowd to do the right thing. Yeah, but now I, COVID's I, I, changed I everything, know, Roy. I know. The crowd will be limited to under a precautionary measure to just 5,000 patrons. Right. Less than half of its seating capacity. The Queensland government has stipulated venues can be up to 50% full as it grapples obviously with COVID and the NRL. Yep. Melbourne were last month granted approval to play three home games at Sunshine Coast after being forced to base themselves in the city amid the climbing coronavirus infection rate in Victoria. The club said 5,430, sorry, 5,437. So by my maths, they're just reducing the crowd by 437. Mm not a great deal, had attended the clash against the Knights, which fulfilled the criteria set by the health, uh, you know, Queensland Health. Mm. Now, the stadium absolutely complied with health regulations and the government's approval, ARL Commission boss, man of feathers, Peter Volandi said. We'll reduce it so as the optics aren't bad, but to be fair, they did comply with the protocols that were in, put in place. Ah. So he's not blaming the rugby league or the crowd. He's bl bl blaming the Palaszczuk government for not... Dialing the meter down oh, on the okay. crowd number. Ah, now. Okay. Well, if, we... if, you, if you create a vacuum, someone's going to fill it. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth, isn't it? Look, Kate from Canada has just been in touch. She, she says, 
The 11th book of the Bible is Kings. Kings chapter 11, verse 11, holds some truths. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude and you've not kept my covenant and my decrees which I commanded you, I will almost certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. What are we talking about as the kingdom? Is the kingdom rugby league? I think it is. I think and it is. I think it is. And it's been dragged away from, and is from Wayne Bennett. Well, is Philandy Solomon or is Wayne I, I, don't, I don't know. It's up to interpretation, HG. Well, Who's Solomon how, in this? Who, who'd want to be Solomon in rugby league? I know, but... It's a very difficult position. Can I point you out... You know, who's the baby belong to? You or you? <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to cut, cut it in half. half. Yeah. You know, it's a terrible decision to have to make. And now... Now, if rugby league's got to be cut in half... Is there any reference in the Bible to rugby league elsewhere? If we take oh, I'm that sure as a reference, it's filled with reference to rugby league. We're just going to tease them out. Yeah, you exactly. Know. It's up to much. academics. Yeah, up to, up to <laughs> academics to actually, buddy, will do a bit of work. Yeah, get off and their find answers. meaning for rugby league in the Bible, in, in the greatest book of all. Yeah, is that right? The eleventh book. Yes. Oh no, that, I'm sure that oh, King's the greatest book of all. Right. You mean the collective works? Yes, of the various people. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, uh, how? Is that the Old Testament? I mean, you'll have to excuse my absolute ignorance here. Oh, yeah, that'd, that be, old- that'd be Old Testament. Right, and there wouldn't sure. be 11 books in the New Testament? Well, the New Testament is mainly the, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke and John. And Revelations. And, and this is after Rugby League or it would have been known as Haspartum. Yeah, I mean, no, they, they, they would right have been there. going crazy with Haspartum. I don't know if the apostles went much. You know, it would have been a great opportunity to spread the word amongst the crowd because <laughs> there was no social distancing in those days. Now, you know, before the kickoff or the bounce off or whatever the head was cut off or yeah, however they started right. the yeah, game in those yeah. days. Now, can I, can <laughs> there's I, no reason why any of the apostles couldn't have gone down and said, hey, fellas, yeah. while you're here, yes, have right. you ever thought of a covenant? Yes. The Get co- off! <laughs> the covenant worries me. Not only do we have the problem of, you know, the covenant, is yeah. the, the rules of the game or the game itself or? Well, the problem is with the word. I know interpretation. Well, well, covenant, people just don't relate to that word, know, do they? Yeah. They never have. You know, when people come in and start, you know, talk come on, everyone, let's talk about a covenant. Oh, I oh, know. <laughs> Look, <laughs> can we deal with the crowds? I, I suppose that's the question that's over underlying this program. Well, I think yeah, what's coming out of this, what, what, what is becoming clear, actually, is that we cannot no longer trust rugby league crowds. See, I was thinking about bars and so you and maybe I... maybe we've got to come down to, you know, just two people, one for one Storm. supporter from the, for the Storm. And one supporter for the Newcastle Knights yes, in this instance. that's it. And yeah. they've got to work really hard. Yeah, to make a noise. To make a noise, Hold yes. up a sign. Well, they can bring, bring all the manner of, yeah. paraphernalia. of electronic equipment, now, can't they? And just mix, have a sound desk there, mix it, mix it all. You could have a crowd, you know. Some of the BGs followed oh, by a bit wanted, of, yeah. know, I don't know, Radiohead followed by sure. a bit of, you know, hard-ons, that yes, sort of stuff. Yes, yeah, crowds, crowds yeah, from crowds, past yeah. games. Nuremberg rallies. Nuremberg rallies, yeah, perfect. Big noise. <laughs> big noise. Yeah, or whatever Cam wants. See, you and I <clears throat> tried to get the rugby league to think about crowds early on. Remember how people had to arrive at the ground at 9.30 to go through the bath yes. and then get their shower, obviously put their clothes back on, yeah. and if you came at 9.30, you were guaranteed to have a beer in your hand by 9.47. That's right. And people thought. We didn't get any blowback from that. No, we People didn't. thought that was a useful thing. Yes. And we had all these streams worked out, and we realised we could handle probably upwards to 100,000 an hour yes. in the way that we could get it, and we could fill any stadium you like very, very quickly. We could. We but could. now that's all gone out the window because of this mess, this schmozzle. This schmozzle, exactly. 
now. Yeah, exactly. And it only takes it only takes, you know, one stupid crowd to spoil it for everyone. Remember Dean Schiffer, 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 Schifferlitty, Jeremy Schloss, Charlie Saab, Matt Utai and Rod Slater, rugby league heroes never forgotten on Bludging on the Blind Side. And Roy, um, the A-Leagues reminded me that the Central Coast Mariners are up for sale. Uh, they may have in fact played their last game at uh, the Central Coast Stadium, Graham Park. Very disturbing. News. Isn't that disturbing? Very disturbing. News. I always associate the Mariners with the with with the Central Coast. Are they going to become the like the NT Mariners or something? Are they free to roam anywhere? The, well, okay. whoever buys them relocate. can relocate them anywhere. Like the Rockhampton. Are they going to That's be? That's the... why worries me. Is oh. that Mike Charlesworth, the uh, owner at the moment, declared he was putting the team up for sale? The Mariners had a great win over Melbourne Victory the other night. It was a three-two thriller. They're great matches, those matches where the Mariners can get up. Yeah. Uh, Monday night in their final game, future uncertain, Chairman Charlesworth going public with his intent to offload his major shareholding. Mm. Chief Executive Sean Mielekamp remains optimistic mm. of finding a buyer who would keep the Mariners on the Central Coast. I'm what about sure. John Singleton? Isn't he a Central Coast? He's, he's a big he's, figure on the Central Coast. Huge figure. He could buy them, you know, without really losing any sleep over Exactly, exactly. Uh, Central Coast. Are they looking for a white knight? Is that what we call a white knight? Yeah, and don't say Nathan Tinkler because he was tried and he was found wanting in the knight's Uh, manner. If I could put it that way. Could the tink be called back? The tink 2.0. Yeah. (laughs) Central Coast said Charles was seeking a best return on his investment he could find and conceded that could mean the uh, club could be moved to Rockhampton. Several parties are believed to be interested in taking on the club's licence, but uh, none were close to a deal. And it's unclear uh, how many, if any, are keen for the Mariners to stay put, given the difficulties of the small Gosford market and the opportunities in other parts of the country, meaning there's lots of people living elsewhere. Sources close to the situation indicate uh, Charlesworth is seeking a licence fee of about $4 Mm. which the club strongly denies. If he does not find a buyer, he intends to hand the licence back to the Football Federation of Australia. Dear. The telecommissions tycoon who's based in England, understands nothing about the Central Coast, but be that as it may, said in a statement, the time is right for him to step away from the club. I mean, uh. that is very, very disappointing. I mean, it's COVID times. People need something, some sort of hope. The season's virtually at, at an end or about to start, I forget which, as in they <laughs> yeah, I know, it's play a bit, through the summer. It's a mystery, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the A-League is a mystery. And I mean, this people can talk pun. about covenants, but... Yeah. The A-League is a total mystery. Do you uh, think... Willard Balmain has pointed out that the Covenant is 11 letters. I know. Well, obviously, I didn't want to draw people's attention yeah. to that because they'll go silly. <laughs> now, can I ask, is is a people's a people's club oh, you an mean, idea that's the, worth the, the Central Coast people could get together, what, various business houses... Yes, yeah, something consortium. like that. Consortium, maybe various councils. I don't know. To, I don't know the Terrigal, well, the Avoca Council, the Kilcare Council. I don't know yes, I think if they, they have, have a, separate councils anymore. I've they no have idea. A very big council there that covers yeah. the Wyong Gosford area. Yeah, very right. Big Central Coast Council. Right. Well, couldn't the Central Coast Council? And I don't think people would object at all. The council have done some wonderful things on the Central Coast. Yes. Uh, they repaired uh, a few potholes a week ago. Did they really? Yeah, they really got in there and really gave it to the holes. Right. And now they're great and you because don't feel any bumps when anyone you drive who, over Anyone it. who goes to the Central Coast, the, the, the thing that strikes you is how beautifully organised it's, it's been and, and, and what safe pairs of hands the development has been 
put into. I mean, there's the occasional wrinkle, you know, whatever happens with what's going to happen with Wombrel, I don't know. No, and right. I don't know who's responsible there. I mm -hmm. don't know whether it's the New South Wales government. Or I don't think the council is, is mm. responsible for it. I don't know for putting Federal up a wall government. Or what's going to happen there. But by and large, you'd have to say the Central Coast has been beautifully managed since the year dot. <laughs> so, but. so I don't think the 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 rate paying public of the Central would Coast would object in to any way to say several million. Yes, going to buy a football put club. Into the, put into the Mariners to keep the Mariners on the coast. Yeah, Do you that's think, the message you've got to send. Is that a protest movement you'd like to see? Yes, keep the Mariners. At keep home. the Mariners on the coast. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Because uh, what would the Central Coast be without the Mariners? Yeah, true, true. Actually, be pretty successful, wouldn't it? It'd be I exactly mean, the same as it is it, now. I know. I know. I know. I, I can't remember, uh, and I spend a bit of time, as you do, on yes, the Central Coast. No one's ever brought the Mariners up with me. No, I occasionally have been going to the games. Yeah. You know, I like to try and, you know. Spread it around. Yeah, yeah, support. Yeah, support, yeah. Mm -hmm. And try and see what's happening there and talk to people and mm -hmm. try and find out, you know, some ideas about yeah. players we might be able to buy or sell. <laughs> Right. But uh, very few wins. Yeah. And I think uh, they do have, um, you know, a sort of modest support. But the trouble was in the mm. golden era of the Mariners mm. where they won a lot, yes. That sadly that age is long gone. All right. So it's a team rebuilding. Rebuilding, sort of thing. okay. Mm. But was it, you, was it Usain Bolt that slotted in with Usain the Mariners? Bolt came, yeah, that seems Well, that was the be, beginning of the end, wasn't it? I think it was. If you're looking for hope from or help from Usain Bolt, you're in serious trouble. Yeah, that's right. Because he runs 100 metres really well. I know, I know, but you might as well approach Adam Scott. Rugby League supports NATO, the CSIRO, the ANZUS Pact and the World Health Organisation. No other sport has made such a commitment. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, you're listening to Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, this next story comes in under the category of why does the league hate the Raiders? Now, Otto mm. reminded me of this story. Mm. Um, uh, obviously, Penrith have become... There's a funny way to introduce this story, but Penrith have become, according to the Nine newspaper, mm. a protected species when it comes to travel. Mm. But it's a whole different story to their rivals this weekend, Canberra. Now, as people know, this top-of-the-table clash could be a, a terrific one. Yep. You've got the Penrith, you've got the TikTok dancers, and you've got the clap. You do. So it's a terrific, it's you know, terrific, in the cultural it? sense, it's going to be... It's perfect. You know, perfect, that's mm. right. It's a perfect storm. Yeah. By the time the Raiders make their way to Penrith, most likely via a plane to Bankstown... Then bust. They will have chalked up nine games on the road across the opening 13 rounds. Well, that's not right, is it? It's not fair, is it? The Panthers, on the other hand, have what's described here in the nine newspaper as a blessed draw, having left Sydney just once. Mm. To put the distances covered by both teams into context, the Raiders have travelled more than 13,000 kilometres mm. since the NRL kicked off, including two trips to the Gold Coast and Melbourne and North Queensland. That can't be right. Two trips each to the Gold Coast, Melbourne and North Queensland. Right. Who did they? Oh, they played Melbourne twice, have they? <clears throat> Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, Maybe. and five hit-and-runs trips to Sydney. The Penrith have no. travelled 2,700 kilometres. So I can't yeah. do the maths quickly enough, but at least yeah. six times mm. more travel. Mm -hmm. Now. Often you can, you know, it's sticky, it's up to sticky to, to make travel, fun. fun to travel, fun and an advantage. It gives players something to do. 
You know, the yes. Penrith players, they're Sitting just hanging home. around in the bubble or the hub, whatever you want to call waiting it. Waiting for all Nathan the time. to do something silly. Waiting for Nathan to do something stupid. Wait, yeah. TikTok ideas yeah. or, you know, whatever. The mates coming out. Looking themselves, you know, fiddling with ink, that sort of stuff. Whereas your Raiders are more switched on, aren't they? They've got to think, well, they can look out the window, the bus and the plane. They've got stuff Sheep. to look at, yeah. stuff to organise. I've got a pack. You've got a what? I've got a pack. Why? We got to go. Oh, we going, are we? Yeah, yeah. God, gee, Bring your pillow. Pack. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, the boss, Don Ferner, said accepted Canberra was always expected to do more travelling given the location. Nine games on the road compared with one is a huge advantage, mm. he says, of the uh, – of the, the Parramatta, the other Western Sydney club near the top of the ladder, have left Sydney just three times with their only remaining road trip to the Central Coast to, to face the Warriors. Now, already dealing with a bulging casualty war, the Raiders know every little thing counts in their quest to reach successive grand finals. Raiders supporters are already entitled to have a complex about their team, which has traditionally received little primetime love from broadcasters. I remember well, that's true. We, Channel 9 hates we, the Raiders. Yeah, they do. We broke that story here we on did. the blind side earlier in the season. We did. We did. And the, the last year's refereeing howler indecides still rankles. That's right. Now, yep. I've suggested. Well, who doesn't hate the Canberra Raiders? Everybody does. Yeah. I mean, uh, I assume the team was only created to. Be a focus for hate. Yeah. As a sort of poultice a sp- yeah. on, the spirit, on, the, on the spirit of the nation. And to, to absorb all the hate out. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Now, can I just point out on the upside mm. – in COVID-affected times, the bus obviously leaves somewhere, the clubhouse, yeah. and travels to the airport. Mm. Now, I'm suggesting that that time of the travel, let's say it leaves at five past one mm. to get to the plane in time to come up to Sydney to get to Bankstown yep. and then drive out to Penrith. Yep. Times They time to leave the clubhouse at five past one. People yep. will know that it arrives at the airport at 20 to two. Yeah. So all along the route, people are at the front of their driveways doing the clap as the bus goes oh, by. Oh, yes, of course. See? They can get involved. They, they don't have to involved. be there. They don't, you know. Yes. They can be part of it. They yes. can be part of the rugby league experience. Exactly. Clapping on the front of your driveway. They won't forget that. They won't forget that. They'll be able to so tell, Granddad, Grandma, what did you do in the COVID times? Yeah. What were the Raiders like in COVID times? Yeah. Well, we clapped in our driveways. Yeah. We couldn't go anywhere. We just had to stay at home. And It's a beautiful story. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Thanks yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah, a beautiful yeah. story. That's a beautiful story. Yep. And they, they, they'll have that for the rest of their lives. You know, I saw the bus. I saw the Raiders bus. You didn't. Yeah. Didn't. I, I, we used to watch the Raiders bus go past. And, you know, and sometimes we'd just, cheat. We'd go over, uh, watch it from our place and then yeah, we'd get in the car and yeah. race ahead of the bus and yeah. get off at your uncle's place and yeah. see it there and yeah. clap there and then we'd break the rules again and zip That's off right. to your cousin's place yeah. out near yeah. Queen Bee or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And you, you have your, your grandfather, he dressed up as a bus driver and <laughs> got in the bus and he was there with the Raiders for five minutes before they realised. <laughs> Terps, Mytho, Bleach and hand sanitizer in equal parts. Try it. What have you got to lose? This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, you know this breakdown in discipline in football clubs, I never thought I'd be doing this story. Mm. Former Newcastle and Gold Coast halfback Bo Henry has come under fire after being sent off for smearing his blood mm. on an opponent in the President's Cup game. Talk yeah. about a covenant. Mm. Yes, you it know. is, isn't it? Now. That's the sacrifice. That's the land. They exactly. used to do that back in the day and put yeah. the blood on their doors. Yeah, I know. Well, this is sort of like. This is sort of like the, that, isn't it? Yeah. Only a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> now, this was. Uh, that was during Passover, I think. Passover, that's right. Yeah, this was during Pass the Ball. <laughs> now. 
Henry was playing for Wentworthville in their round three, 53 mm. to 16 loss mm. to the Glee Burwood Wolves. Oh, the Wolves. Yeah, the Wolves. Don't know anything about the Wolves, but no, I like the I. sound of them. So do I. The referee sent Henry off Henson Park fixture, mm. part of the semi-professional NSWRL competition oh, yeah. established after COVID-19 shut down the NSW Cup and Ron Massey tournaments. Right. Now, Henry, who captained the Magpies in the Ron Massey Cup grand final win over St Mary's last year, was charged with grade run contrary charge. The 30-year-old accepted an early guilty plea and a one-match ban mm. that will go with it. He had not – he had he not had any previous points, he wouldn't have missed a single game. Now, wow. is this the sort of thing that – behaviour that Rugby League and the new covenant is now encouraging? Smearing players with your blood? I mean, I don't like the sound of this at all. No, it's a worrying development, isn't Remember it? Remember in the, in the mm. not-too-distant past, if mm. you had blood on, you had to go off. You did. I'm not sure if that still applies in rugby league. I see players running around with ooze, claret coming out of their nose. What we call the, the Crimea look. Crimea war look. The Crimea yeah. war look is still there. Look, I, I think it is a tricky one with, uh, with um, uh, bodily fluids, HG. As, you know, we, we've, we've uh, noted here some time before, that uh, we were encouraged uh, at the Shamrock, certainly, that if you had the opportunity to, as Grassy said, send an oyster south, uh, um, you'd blow on a blow on in an opponent's mouth. Yeah, no. You know, just yeah. go, gob there and, yeah. you know, give him a wink and say, you know, enjoy it, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that you had something over him then. Yeah. I suppose it's the same philosophy if you can put a bit of blood on someone. Well, Henry injured his nose in the lead-up to a try scored by another former Titan, Wolves, mm. Titan Wolves outside back John Oliver. Oh, yeah. As Oliver's teammates raced in to celebrate the uh, try, the game footage streamed on Facebook page yeah, yeah. appeared yeah. to show Henry wiping the blood mm. from his face onto an opposition player, Addison Dimitriou. Henry was sent from the field after Dimitri oh, complained okay. to the match official. Blood could be seen coming from Henry's oh. face as he came from the field. So he's using an opponent as a rag. As a, as a handkerchief. Yes, to blow on him. Yeah. I mean, it's mm. it's hard to know whether it was, there was malicious intent. No. As in daubing yeah. the blood on top of the Sure. You know, door jam. <laughs> I know, I know. But or, it does got a touch of the bar lambs about it, doesn't it? I mean, I don't want to... Harp. Know, harp too much, but it's got it's a bit of a grub act, isn't it? It is. Now, can I point out that when Bar played, the club was known as the Entertainers and the Family Club. <laughs> so these sort of things that Bar got up to. I know. I know. It's a funny old game. <laughs> now, what you'll be pleased to know is commentators Jamie Soward and Sean Timmons mm. were initially unsure why the 30-year-old was given his marching orders, believing the punishment was back chat. <laughs> oh, right. So, oh, so he gobbed off on his way off, yeah, did he? Yeah. Or before he was told to go off? Yeah, I think the latter. So he blew on the bloke <laughs> and, then, and then turned to the ref and said, you're a scab or something right, to worse yeah, that yeah, effect, whatever. It, yeah. yeah. And say, well, you're off. Yeah. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> Matt Preston is 11 letters. Gary Megan is 11 letters. Bludging on is 11 letters. The blind side is 11 letters. Interested? So are we. Here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy, uh, you mentioned the um, great work being done by, at Cricket Australia by this, uh, you know, person who's tasked with thinking outside the box. Trent Woodhill. Trent Woodhill. Now, mm. one thing that worries me about this is the ideas are all pretty well there, aren't they? I mean, mm. you, your idea last week was that we play the game in the nets, oh, yeah. which I thought was a terrific idea, and yeah. you could probably reduce the the team numbers to sure. four. Look, uh, I, I, look, I think in all fairness, Trent's just trying to build in a sort of more excitement 
to to the to, to the big bash. Ah. You know what I mean? And I think he'd be looking at technology now. Look, I've always had this idea it'd be great whoever is holding the ball, their shirt lights up. Yeah, I reckon that's an excellent. You idea. know what I mean? So so you can always follow it. You so know, it, you know exactly where the ball is at all the time because the players lit up. Yeah, well, I think that'd be great. You know. As you know, I'm all interested in a fast game as a good game, so yeah. I love a lot of scoring. And I've always mm. been at you to prosecute the idea yeah. that if you get a dot ball, the batter has to take off a piece of his protective apparel. Oh, yes. You know, it's a simple idea. Sure. Sooner or later, he's just there nude with a box on and the bat, and then That's he's given right. out if yep. he mixes the next ball. That's right. But I think the crowds would love that. They would. Now, <clears throat> the chairman, mm. Earl Eddings, has called for an urgent and rare convening of the National Cricket Cabinet next week. I had no idea. The cricket national, captain's meeting next week. The National Cricket Cabinet. Jim Molan chairs. Whoa. All the skips come in and yep. they're probably the PM's their ex-officio. Yeah. Uh, and they have a big chinwag. It's mm. going to discuss how the game's 300 million season will go ahead. The $300 million yeah. season coming up. Well, it's relied on India being Thanks given uh, uh, Class A status. Correct. Class A, Kerry Stokes status. Now, yep. with officials keeping a close eye on developments in Melbourne and the impact on their game. Now, you can see where this is headed immediately, Boxing mm. Day test. Yeah. A meeting of Australia's Cricket Council will also discuss how the 10-game shield season will go ahead, but there are concerns that from Cricket Australia at the loss of implementing hubs and the strain a prolonged period away will have on the players. Now, as we know, cricket players are, can go as silly as cut snakes when they're on tour. Who can forget those trips to Adelaide from New South Wales in the day when Mo Matthews used to play? Oh, yeah. It's going back a bit now, yes. but they just went literally oh, to town. Yeah. They, they were just the talk of the town. There was nothing left standing. Yeah. They had to rebuild it. It's a beautiful oval now, mm. but they had to rebuild it from scratch That's right. after New South Wales had visited. And not to mention the days, H.G., when uh, tourists, if you went to a tour of England, you went by boat. took eight months to get there. You can imagine what the players were like by the time. time they got back. Yes. Now, however, sources have indicated uh, players surveyed by the Australian Cricketers Association were in favour of varying hubs in order to fill their, they don't know what they're agreeing to here, in order to fulfil their domestic commitments. Mm. Look, you only have to look at what's happened to the Richmond Tigers, Mm. you know, tugging Todgers in public and fingers up the date whenever you've got a club song. I mean, that's what's going to happen with cricket. It will. They'll go nuts. It will. An earlier start to the Shield would quell fears that players would not have enough red ball match practice before the bumper series against Virat Kohli's Indian side. Now, Mm. that... Boxing Day test, coming to that, there's suggestions that should be played in Adelaide. Imagine that. Oh, That's the end of civilization as we know it? it. It is, it is, it is. I'm wondering if uh, we could, I don't know, have psychiatrists join the team, HG, while they're in isolation. As players? Well, well they could pretend to be players. Um, they'd know best what techniques to use, whether it's the swinging watch or lying them down on a couch or you, you know how Better it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something goes on, there's a transaction of ideas yeah. and suddenly you feel better about yourself and you're not, uh, you know, looking for someone's date with yeah. your finger. I mean, that's all we're looking for here, aren't we? We, we, are. we just we're want just people to behave normally and get through in the an abnormal setting. social social circumstance. Yeah, correct, correct. I mean, yeah. it's not rocket science. No, it's it? not. It's not a big ask. No, you don't it's need not. to have a special uh, rapporteur or whatever it is. You know, going in there and with mm. a 
headlight on. No. Minus lamp on. No, you don't. Just find out what's going on. No, yeah. you can see it writ large. Yes. And when these films that Eddie's making come out, yeah. I mean, you just We're going to see it. Yeah. It's going to be an examination of that. You know, with our Olympic teams, we, we normally send someone who I like to consider a rudder. And a chef de mission? Well, someone like John Eels. John Eels playing cricket for Australia. Well, sitting in the dressing room and just uh, keeping the boys calm. And then when the skip was out there and they're going a bit wobbly, mm. the, the question would be asked, what would, would John, John Eels, Eels do? do? And then they'd have to send a runner off to actually <laughs> ask him, you know, would you call for, yeah. you know, the bunker here? I know it's not the bunker, but, yeah. you know, have a look at it, this on replay. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, that's an excellent idea. But is cricket in, in Australia that... You know, where's this 300 million? It's a yeah. lot of money it, to it lose. It is a lot of money, that, it is, it is. Would that knock it on the head? Yeah, but you can certainly get outbreaks of madness, HG. Remember what happened in uh, South Africa? Oh, I rest it, my case. It, Had John Eels been there, it wouldn't have happened. And that's it for the bludging on the blind side this week. Remember, it's available on podcast. Oh, in a few minutes' time. And uh, thanks very much, blindsiders. You've been excellent. And join us next week for more of the same. Australians are considered the fairest, most honest, decent people on earth. Why? Because they embrace the ethos of the Australian Football League. Celebrated each week here on The Bludge. Hey, Roy and HG fans, Matthew Hayden here. You might remember me from this. He drives and there it is. Matthew Hayden has erased Brian Lara's nine-and-a-half-year-old world record. You may not know that I'm also into this. I've got a brand new podcast you might want to check out called Dishy. It's one guest, three dishes, and the amazing stories that go behind them. Like Justin Langer's Nana's Cheese and Pickle Sangers. The butter was about a centimetre thick. Or Adam Goods cooking kangaroo under the stars. That to me is, you know, one of the best meals I've ever had. And Lane Beachley's world-beating scrambled eggs. I thought that was normal. I didn't realise that all the girls had really just, you know, gotten lazy. That's Dishy with me, Matthew Hayden. You can find Dishy in the ABC Listen app, get your smart speaker to play it, or listen in free apps like Apple and Google.